Welcome to LOI Weekly Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, Johnny Ward here with Daniel McDonald, who is back from his trip to New York. And in studio, we are joined by Johnny McDonald. Uh, and as ever, you will find us on Podcast Republic. Johnny McDonald just dropped his biro. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. We're at LOI Weekly on Twitter. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to LOI Weekly. John, that wasn't a great start. Just dropped your pen. It was a pen. It wasn't yeah. a biro. Sorry. Johnny, get it right. Come on. How are you? Everything's great, John. It's yeah. great to be in with you. So yeah. yeah. I enjoy coming in and giving you a bit of, a bit of stick. More of a yeah. pen man than a biro man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And welcome back as well to yourself. Thanks. Uh, you, you did good. You were fresh in Turkey, and uh, I'm sure you had a few, a few uh, steaks over there as well. So you're, uh, you've, you've been living the life. Living the life, yeah. yeah. Sort of. Uh, I think you know, if running a few pounds overweight. If you were a mm. jockey, like do you know what mm. I mean, you'd have to. There'd be, there'd be some kind of inquiry yeah. sent in if you were. You know, reported for work after uh, two weeks in Turkey and New York. It's not good for the old. Uh, did you get time condition. off, or did you have to do any work over there? Oh no, completely time, time off in New York. Yeah. Pure holiday. Yeah, um, seeing the sights. I mean, I've been to New York plenty of times before, but great spot. I was with, there with some people who hadn't been there. So, um, did yeah. you try to watch the Derry Pats game? No, I couldn't even. I couldn't. I I saw the uh, the highlights, but I did. I. I uh, I recorded Soccer Republic and watched that now yesterday when I got back and got got a flavour of the highlights. I saw the Aaron McInef goals, you know, clipped, which were pretty good, and uh, got a sense of what the the feeling was about the games. Um, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't get a huge amount of uh, League of Ireland coverage on American we'll, we'll, stations. We'll, we'll we'll have a general discussion today because Alan Reynolds is going to be on the line as well to talk about uh, Watford's game against. Um, Cork, Cork City, we, have a, we have a big... Uh, Which is going to be is, another is monster the, derby. Is this the top four? Mm. Playing this Friday, I mean, it's the current top four. Yeah. Is, is it the top four for the season ahead? I mean, that's the mm. question. Is it Waterford, Cork and Dundalk and Rovers? Is that how it's going to pan out come the end of the season? Well, this brings in Johnny McDonald because um, we're, we're going we're gonna to spend a bit of time just talking about where you've been since you were last on the show, what you're actually up to career uh, coaching-wise, but Derry City. He looks surprised with that. Yeah. We, we'll have to I'm always busy, Johnny. You yeah, know yeah, no, we'll, we'll have an old You're chat. very busy. He's already tried to commission you for a taxi ride yeah. after the show. How's the taxi business in New York? Uh, uh, there's a lot of you. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper, isn't it? I'd say if you can spray paint your car yellow and go over there, you yeah. might have a chance. You, know, you need to get a telly in the back seat as well. Yeah. So you went from Turkey get Jimmy Kimmel to so New York. No, no, I was back here for four or five oh, days. Oh, I thought you got one of them cheap flights where you had to go from Turkey oh, all the way around no, the world no, to no. New York. No, at the Ireland game in Turkey and then back for a few days and. Uh, holiday in New York but yeah no I think the taxi business is thriving over there right but you, you might just need to soup up your vehicle just a small oh. bit like you know but well, you, you can make it work though let's let's ask him about let's go through the games from last week first of all because you were in uh, in, in Brandywell and actually I have to say now it looks it looks like obviously it's not fully finished but it looks great like and I, I actually like that pitch I think it's as Astro pitches go that one in Dundalk it's a decent enough pitch it looked really well mm. even for the TV you know the way it was the way it was marked it looked like a proper grass pitch with the bright markets the dark markets and it looked really well and the ball moved really well and if you look at the second goal there he scored the pass the way the way it moved along the surface it looked like it was authentic and the place generally looks well they, they can't fill it for Health and safety reasons because it's not completely all passed out. So there's some parts of it still, but it was good, good full house there. Uh, place looks great. The dress rooms, it's proper. It's coming up to speed with Waterford, Galway, mm. Sligo. You know, so obviously Daily Mount is going to come up to speed. We've Tala, you know, we Cork. So the stadiums are starting to to, yeah. to move on, and it, not before time either. But it looked well. The atmosphere was fantastic. I have to say as well. It was a great. I remember my first few times at Randywell. I couldn't get over the atmosphere at it. Hopefully that'll come back. Um, we'll just go through the results actually. Derry two, Pats one, and uh, there were around about two thousand plus at that game. Brain Hill, Cork four. I was at that game among. Uh, 669, and um, the only highlight of that game was getting 69 into your match report, really. Were you counted amongst the 69? Possibly. I was actually strip searched, like, and my bag was searched. Strip searched? I was like, strip searched. You take your clothes off. Bit of a stretch. They were very hostile about my bag. I was like, I'm working here. Is this the North Korean? (laughs) Oh, I might be going to North Korea as well. I'm working on that with Richard Dunwoody for. a marathon, um, but um, <laughs> sorry, what? sorry, you can't just drop no, that. Richard Dunwoody, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Richard Dunwoody is doing all this. Yeah, sort of might go over there under some media guys. Mm. Really, Limerick, probably not. Limerick nil, Waterford to eleven hundred or so. so there, did you strip for the strip search? Um, I was, I was searched. I wasn't like strip searched. I was like manhandled. vigorously searched, vig- vig- manhandled. 
You're, ta- you're patted down like that's, that's I mean it was in the Carlisle grounds at 7 o'clock there were 10 people in the ground like come on lads I'm, yeah. I'm working here Dundalk 3 Bowes nil, uh, 3,263 at that as the official attendance and nearly 3,000 um, for the Battle of the Rovers in Tala um, now somebody said on Twitter RT did a great job getting 5 minutes of highlights out of that game was so bad and it did look pretty bad even by the highlights and just quickly then on Division 1 before we talk about that later in more depth Cabo 3 Drogheda 2 ending the Drogheda gallop there a little bit Athlone 1 Finn Harps 1 I wouldn't have fancied talking to Ollie Horgan after that Galway nil, Longford nil, floodlight problems in Terryland Wexford nil, Shells 1 Cove nil, High Flying UCD 2 um, let's just start so with Derry and Pats what were your general impressions Johnny um we were speaking pre-show. I actually thought Pats were the better team here. I thought they definitely deserved well, something. But if anyway. I work backwards and uh, with the results, you know, the two one, I definitely thought Pats should have got something out of the game. They definitely deserved to get a draw, if not out of the game. You know, they had a goal disallowed at one 0 What did you make of that? It was the dirty players all walked away as if they were walking to tip the ball off. I just think the ref got it wrong. I just thought that. He thought Jared Doherty might have had a ball in his hands and he hadn't. So he just got to the ball ahead of Jared. And it was, a, it was a good goal. It was a proper goal and it should have stood. They hit the crossbar. They had chances. And I definitely think going in at halftime, it should have been one all. You know, Derry came out. He got a fantastic goal in the second half. You know, McInef, brilliant. Picked the ball up. Played her up to Patterson, who didn't really play well. And I'll come back to him in a second, Johnny. But it's, it's reverse ball back to... It was phenomenally good. For a player who's been disappointed, it was a brilliant ball, I thought. But, his, but people forget, he's a full Northern Ireland international. Mm. He's a good player, he, but he didn't. He wasn't great on the night, but he's somebody that St. Pat's could deal with, someone like him. Patterson. Yes, in the so team. get to the fulcrum of that problem there. Pat's like, they, they're just not scoring enough goals. No, and, and the other night, the way they played, I'd watched them against Dundalk and I watched them against Rovers where they played fairly defensive, sat back and tried to play in the counter-attack. And it didn't really work for them. Um, but they, they felt maybe coming out of the Dundalk game that they'd done it well and they were probably trying to build on that. But on, up in the Brandywell, they played really on the front foot. And for me, if they were going to play in the front foot, and they played a lot up in the last third, I thought Christy Fagan should have played. The problem with this is he's not playing well. And Keegan, in fairness to him, isn't a bad player. Now, Keegan didn't have a great game, but could easily have scored. And Fagan, I think he deserved to be dropped the way he was playing. He looked okay when he's come on. But, but he might be fitting into the system that Pats are playing. So explain that then. That Pats are playing really deep. And then when Christie receives the ball, he's only five yards inside the opposition's mm-hmm. hand. I want to I wanna just bring in a quote I don't here. I that graphically. You can, I'm trying to explain as yeah. best I can that he's too much ground to make up to get into the box. Ideally, Christie needs to play in the last third, into his feet, lay it off or get toward and get shots away. And lay it off, get into the box and finish. He, That's his he, game. He played a smashing pass down the channel at the end for yes. the cross set. But this is just a quote. Now, it was from the Mirror, so um, I presume it was actually um, an individual article with... Um, Paul O'Hare but this is something that Liam Buckley said about Owen Garvin which I, I wasn't really sure what he meant here, so maybe you can help me on this Owen's strength is obviously on the ball we just need to get him on it more and understand what we're trying to do we have to understand where people are and develop our patterns of play unfortunately at the moment we're still trying to work at that um, and then he was asked is he on the same wavelength he'd say I wouldn't quite say that um, he's basically making the point that I think that Garvin doesn't fully understand. He's talking to me or he's talking to the people listening, Johnny, because I completely understand what he's saying. Okay. What's and I'm he, not being yeah, smart. Absolutely. Like what's he, what's he, what does he mean there? He, well, he's trying to develop a pattern of play. So if they're playing deep, as I just said, that can they get the ball to Garvin? But they need to know where the next ball is going then. So is it going long? Is mm. it going wide? Into what area is the next pass going to go? And who then will support that pass? How many will support that pass? So that's what he's trying to build. I think it's a little bit late in the season to be still working on that because Garvin's been around. They play the ball. It's not like they kick it out in the back. They play it from the back. So he's talking about patterns of play. So do they go into midfield to come back out to go wide? Do they go into the 10 to come back to win behind? Who's the 10? Well, if it's, it's, if it's it could be Keegan in there. If it's Christie there, you know, is, is it... Uh, is, is it Brian Brennan? Brennan. Bre- well... They, See, when Killian comes... When, you know, Killian's obviously been out and then you would think that Killian and Garvin play and then as a two and then is it Brian Brennan that you look to push on yeah so you're saying they play a two and a one it could be Ryan you'd have yeah. to play Jamie Lennon would you not though well, well Darren Markey you know the, mm. well Darren played against Rovers and I, I I just think he hadn't enough goil about him to play that ten role and we, we spoke about fellas being 
pigeonholed and put in as number 10s and number 6s yeah. and number 8s. But he, he will be a definitely, he, he definitely can play that role. But just getting back to the point of, of how they're going to play and what way Liam is trying to play, patterns of play or systems of play, that if they're playing through midfield, they need to know at what stage where it goes. You know, so if they're on the right hand side, does it go diagonal to the left because the other team are pushed across the pitch? Is the team high up the pitch so they go in behind down the channel? So they that it can't just come to you and then you go, what's on next? You go, we've done this in training. I know exactly. I mean, Garvin gets the ball. If it's uh, Clark maybe up top or mm. Keegan that's up top or Christy Fagan, that he's already anticipating where the next pass is going to be going. What did you make of Derry? I thought they were very good. I thought mm. they got it down. They played it. Uh, a bit naive at times when you see the Pats goal, the street and going for the one ball, you know, through enthusiasm and you know, trying to get it and trying to clear it. Yeah, young team, very young team, a lot of underage international players, 19s, 21s, from both both, both codes, north and south. And uh, definitely that looks good for them for the future. And if they can add a player or two in, if they can keep the likes of McInef in midfield and yeah. Like Salah, who didn't play the other day. Yeah. But they're good, they're full of energy, they're full of drive, you know, got it down and passed and played the game quickly. And uh, they defended well, they defended uh, generally well. They got lots of, Pats had lots of possession in uh, periods of the game. And there he got lots of players behind the ball centrally. They let Pats go wide and let it cross and they dealt with the crosses. I, I, I thought it was actually a very enjoyable game. And I know I was going on about him a bit last week, but uh, I thought Lee Desmond was absolutely terrific again. He's so comfortable on the ball, his position. And um, I think he's really grown into a proper player. What do you make of him? Lee played for me at Chelsea. So, mm. you know, he, I, I, I know he can play left full, but he's playing right side of the two central defenders. Mm. So Turner's playing on the left. And both of them, it's a bit strange. You usually have two right footers, but you've two left footers playing centre half. But Lee is, is composed. He's still prone to a, a, a couple of mistakes, but he's still young, but very confident on it. But he has a bit of pace, so when he gets in behind him, he, he's, he's able to recover. He has that recovery speed to, to get back in the fan. Likes a tackle, and uh, could be a bit more commanding in the air for me, but it's definitely a, a he, player for the future. He was unlucky with the, because his header would have set up the goal that should have been, but um, I think he's brilliant on the ball, it just doesn't give it away. But um, I was in the Carlisle grounds for Bray, Nil, Cork 4. Um, Dan, since the start of Soccer Republic, you've gone about like teams dragging the standard down, and the ten team league was supposed to get rid of that because you start know start of Soccer Republic, start of Soccer <laughs> Republic, start of <laughs> LOI Weekly. That's Johnny because I'm here. Uh, it must be, um, but this was yeah, it's, it's grim. I mean, this, this is gonna, was not good. This is this is just gonna go bad. You know, it's gonna cast a shadow over the league, I suppose, if you have a team but can I can I just ask so you, far down why so are they so down. bad? Because they've they've good players who are not performing. They've, yeah. they've if you if you looked at their midfield upwards on uh, on Friday night I've never seen Aaron Green, for example, play as badly as he's been playing. I've been at three games, I think, of Bray this season. He's been anonymous. There's something not right there. Yeah. What do you think uh, well, it I is? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, you'd need to be in the dressing room to fully know what's, what's wrong. But I guess, you know, this is sometimes a problem in, a, uh, in an era of shorter contracts and so on. I mean, the better players at Bray, I mean, what's, what are they going to really lose from, from relegation? I mean, they have a bad season, but they're, they'll get probably fixed up at cl- clubs somewhere else. So, you know, they're not exactly got a huge fan base there baying for them every week, you know, for playing Purdy because there's that obviously a bit of apathy or indifference towards what's going on in the club generally. So, really, um, you know, if it was Bowes down there at one point, you know, there'd be, there'd be war, you know, and, and, and there'd be a real anger and need for a response but for whatever reason for whatever's happened at the club there it's just it, it's acceptable you know it's acceptable and and okay I know that you should be motivated by yourself and your own personal pride but, but, and, and maybe that will happen but I just don't feel like there's going to you're not getting that response you would have felt that when they lost what was it seven or eight you know um, that you get that response and as a manager you think okay the, the group are hurting and you regroup then you go to Derry they concede four goals against a team of ten men okay where's the response from that and like when they so concede the goals and they played okay they played well against Suppose yeah. okay, maybe they were unlucky in that game, and then they have this game against Cork where it seems like they were in the game for a while, and then they don't just concede one, they concede is four. It, is it not the know? duty of the player to, to, and I'd say this, you know, the, to give your best? You go on the pitch with her, we are at Bray, and for me as a player, if I was a player and I was at Bray, and I was saying, and I understand what you're saying, Dan, that maybe next season they'd be fixed up new. But you need to show people that I'm down here at the end of this. We've one point, and I'm giving it everything. As a manager, I'd look at if it was Johnny McDonald. I'd say, "Yeah, 
this guy has got good attitude. Look where he is at Bray. You know, going through a no, hard I time. I completely agree. And yeah. I, I, would, I would see, but that's just the laziness on behalf of players and just not thinking it through or just not getting onto the pitch and training all week to play our match on, on a Friday night or a Saturday, whatever it might be, to give you our best. And I don't understand that within a, a player. I just don't. Once you get the gear on, you go and play because you're out there. You've mm. got to play. And I, you I think know. you're all making very valid points. So, but there was a, there was a moment where, um, for the sadlier goal from the free kick, Aaron Green tracked back and gave away the most absurd foul, and then gave out to the referee for giving the foul. He literally barged him out of the way. They scored from that, and and we all agreed in the press room or in the press area when it was one nil. The body language of the Bray players was so bad. But that's that in ill, Ill discipline or mm. indiscipline. First it's, goal was a free kick as well that was so badly given away. But the flip of that is that you look at the Dundalks and the Corks and I just say them too because the team drives it and the discipline were in them, them teams. So you get the flip side of that mm. when you're bottom of the table. And fellas go off on their own little crusade and I'm just looking after my own corner here and they don't yeah. play as a team and they don't play as a group. And, you know, that's, that's what happens when you're down that, at that end of the table. Is it, is it hurting the career prospects of some of these players that they're in, they're in such a lull now? I'm thinking mainly McCabe and Green who are such good players. They really could play for anyone. In, their careers are going nowhere at the moment. They really aren't. It won't hurt them. No, won't won't hurt them. I think I agree with Dan with the short termness. If, it won't hurt them. No. If, if I were a manager and I was thinking of signing, I, I, I'd be less likely to sign Aaron Green looking at him this season because his attitude to me doesn't look good enough. Nah, listen, it might knock for a, such a good it, player. It might, it might potentially knock a few quid off their wage mm. they can look for for next year, but beyond that, it won't. Like, there's not... Not experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they tick a lot of boxes yeah. for people. Mm. And they can, they, as a manager, you know... Both players that you've mentioned there can lift it to the next level. They can go yeah. to the next level. They're playing probably below par, in a below par. I feel a bit Obviously. sorry for the manager, Mackie, because I, I, it, it must be hard to watch this. And every week it, it seems to be getting tougher. But at the same time, Limerick aren't going great guns either. Limerick lost 2-0 at home to Waterford, Johnny. And um, this wasn't really a surprising result, I would have thought. No, Limerick is being hot and cold, haven't they? You know? Yeah. And... and not scoring goals. So they've got a couple no. of big wins, which are <laughs> very significant. Yeah. Mm. But they've got a couple Bray. of big beatings as well. Yeah. They? Oh know, yeah. Yeah. You know they, they've had the, the was it the eight was the eight nil up in Dundalk. Yeah. And uh, Derry six and or five or six in Derry, Derry as well. Yeah. So yeah, and that's con- pretty much contributed. But the wheels the have come off Limerick a little yeah. bit with you know the, the hype a couple of years ago, the stadium getting it together, the Marcus Field, and big hype about that, which is great and it's fantastic down there. That the, you know they're definitely trying to move it on, and then the wheels have just come off for a little mm. bit. So, just in that kind of period where it's just plateaued, is that the Yeah, I think that you could be right. And I think it's, it's always the concern you have about a team in this league is that when you're sort of mid table for a couple of years, that, well, what happens? You know, because the, 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 the crowds respond. And this is a challenge that someone like Waterford's going to face now mm-hmm. as well. But they've come back up and it's new and it's exciting, but you need something to keep them going. Now, I think Waterford are, are in a better resource position maybe than Limerick but but still Limerick now it's well where do you go from here it's not they're not going into the top four they're not going to qualify and really okay there's a relegation fight I mean that can energise people to a point but you're sort of wondering what happens next the markets feel it was a big thing and, and, and it was a good pitch now there's a lot of rugby being played there it's no sudden all of a sudden it's a, it's a bad pitch that in itself this is affecting the that, crowds as that well, in itself, yeah that in itself doesn't present an image of health you know mm. when you come in and uh, suddenly it's associated with being odd you don't want to go there it's a crappy pitch and bad surface and we weren't talking about markets field in those terms like a couple of years back mm. um, and, and and I mean they're, they're, the owner has been quite open in the off season about financial problems as well and you know you speak to people that have uh, that have played for them and so on you know it's not exactly an idyllic existence Playing for Limerick at the moment, you know, it's it's not, um, it's not, you know, the manager left on the first day of pre-season. That's right. Um, it's, it's, he's so been sacked, and he's been by, by Scunthorpe as assistant. Yeah, so it's not, you know, it's not a club that people are talking about in complimentary terms hugely. You know, Limerick are going places; they're just meandering along. Their target this season, realistically, is to just stay Six ahead of Bray. Yeah. Well, it's just to stay ahead of Bray. I but, think. But also, know? but but what happens with, like, say, a Limerick? Because we're talking about them is. Players come and go, and there's no consistency, Dan. Like, mm. you're not building, you mm. know, so you lose six players, you lose seven. And then What's you, their identity yeah, as such? Yeah, so you're bringing yeah. players in, you're trying to rebuild all the time. So it's going to take them a couple of years to get to get back on their feet. I'd be, I'd be just worried about the... Mm. Like, they have a couple of younger players that have been mm. involved this season, and that's fine, you know. Um, 
But again, you just want to wonder. I mean, they lost. They did lose Ogbeni and they lost, they lost Barry Cotter as well. Yeah. These they sold a couple of lads. And Erie is and a huge loss. Yeah, yeah. so it's you know, the, 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 I think Tommy Barrett's probably working in difficult enough circumstances. They're I'm doing sure. okay. Like, like I mean, the couple of big wins that they've mm. had. I mean, they could. They've be been, they drew at home to Cork as well. Like they've gotten some good results. But mm. I'd say what I would worry about is looking at the attendances in Bray and Limerick. Like in Bray's average attendance this season. I mean, how they can keep this show on the road? Um, it's, it's grim. To, it's grim. Him. And I mean, I, you know, it's easy to say it now, it sounds smug, but I'd be really surprised. You no. know, like you, you, you can you can only sort of put a bandage over a wound for so long, you know? Like, well, what about Sligo? Like, they're down there I'll as go, well. We'll get, yeah. we get to Sligo after, just bri- briefly as well, 3,263. Dundalk's crowds are very, very good at the moment. Dundalk is not a big um, actual, it's not a big town and the crowds are getting, I know they're obviously doing very well, but they're getting a good crowd. Yeah, well I think that it's it's not a a huge urban area Dundalk. They're getting really good crowds. That was a good crowd. That was a good crowd. Bows at home, you know, the game everyone expects them to win. 3-0. I was talking to a Bows fan after the game, Dan, he was Worried about Bowes actually. It's just like we're gonna we're gonna be in trouble this season. I, I think they might be in trouble, but they they they'll be in less trouble. Probably the worst thing could have happened was beating Rovers at the start of the season. It was just out of the blocks, flew out, beat Rovers, the biggest I rival. Because they, they were flattered a bit that night as well, because Rovers were poor. Yeah, and and, and and you know they 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 got a few kind of sloppy goals. It's been downhill since then. But they won the match, which mm. was great for them, and it was a great start. But then they went to. Uh, down to Limerick talking about Limerick and Limerick were beaten they scored a late goal centre forward Stokes scored a late goal in the 93rd minute yeah. one all down there maybe on a Tuesday night or a Monday night yeah. and it was a midweek match Johnny. and then I watched them against Derry up in Daily Mount lots of the play but didn't look as if they were going to you know, really really break Derry down Derry beat them 1-0 and they missed a penalty in that match and I think they missed a penalty in the next match they did against they missed Pats, two penalties. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, so they lost I think it was 3-1-0s in a row so it just that hype just dropped off. I and think they'll be fine though. They I got the win against Bray, which was vital for mm. them to get the win against Bray. So they need to build on that now as well. They need to build. I think they'll win matches, and I think they'll be okay, boys. Yeah, but you know they need to get to get a few wins under and the belt they're getting in, in a row. They're getting because we're getting two leagues within a league almost in some mm. ways, and they're in danger of being stuck on that one at the bottom. I mean, you mentioned Sligo Rovers there, who seem to have actually played. Okay, I mean, it wasn't a great game, but a weekend. But the reports seem to be that they might have been a small bit unlucky. They certainly impressed a lot of people when they played Dundalk, just from listening to the comments afterwards. So actually, they might be playing a small bit better at the moment than um, than the results might suggest. And you would think they're going to be okay as well. But do we, are we going to end up in a situation where it's just Limerick and Bray, and then there's there's Sligo and Bowes, dare, dare sort I of above like, them, Pats and Derry? Look, like, do they belong in the top the top four or, or in the next? I, one? I, I think I think there's a split coming because I think you know you know Cork and the Dock are generally picking up their wins. Waterford are going with them. Uh, you would think over uh, the next series of games because we are starting into the second series of games yeah. now. It's just because of cancellations uh, that we're, we're not quite through it. Um, that you're going to see a gap open and those clubs in the middle are in that limbo. They're in danger of falling into a bit the, of a limbo I, there. I, I, I do think if... I do. I think Bray have enough players that possibly if they if they change the management and they hold on to the... You know, the, the if they can pay wages, I think they can definitely trouble Limerick for a second last. If they, they've, they've too many good players... If 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 they can change a few things, maybe they don't need to change the manager. But just on Dundalk, Dan Adoran uh, started brilliant link up with Massey for the penalty, and um, sorry, not with Massey with uh, Gannon. And Gannon just seemed to have a really good game, lads. And I think Kenny was even saying he enjoyed <coughs> to watch, which you don't normally hear about a right back. He said I'm he's enjoyed to watch. I'm he's still playing here. In I Northern agree. Mm-hmm. I, I really I am agree. because the consistency of him over the last few years you know he's not a big physical guy but he gets up and down that wing he can tackle I'm not saying he's not physical but his defence his defending is very good he does his job defending well he bombs up and down the wing his energy levels his fitness levels I, I can't think of any so of the I think it's, I think it's just there's an element of ageism about it or something yeah. that, that I think there was talk that clubs came to look at Dundalk and then you know they were impressed by Gannon but I don't know was it because of his Shape or something. They felt he was. They felt he was younger, and then they hear. I believe was what twenty four, twenty five at the time, and 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 also as well. I think people are just more likely. Although Andy Boyle did get the move, but people are always just more likely to take a chance on the striker yeah. and you know the attacking type of player. And I mean, for example, like someone like Owen Heary would have been. I think would have been able to go yeah. to a good level Absolutely. when he was in his yeah. mid to late twenties when yeah. he fully developed. Um, 
and the, those type of players don't just get moves. You know, I think at the later age, maybe, the attacking player does, but the defender... But maybe because, sorry for crossing yeah. down, but maybe because there's hundreds and hundreds of players in them positions full in backs. England. Yeah. yeah. If he was a left full, look Very at, at Ender Stevens. Mm. Very true. The, the, the path Ender's taken, and he's went up and down, and now, and now he's, he's in an order he must, he must be just so, happy enough to be, to be in Ireland, because I can't see why he couldn't have gotten some sort of a move. Even in the European games, he was never out of his depth. But, but never, it, like... Yeah. Sometimes it's... It just passes your boy and what Dan yeah. is saying. Mm. And like, you know, you send someone over to watch a game and you go, How's the right foot? Yeah, but he's not any better than what we have. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to young Gannon because, as I said, his consistency has been fantastic. But, you know, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of players in England and Scotland like that. And yeah, well, it's interesting. I spoke to Conor Clifford about this. I know we were Conor in last week, but I spoke to him and he, he, he's adamant that when you get down to, once a player goes down to League Two level, or league, even League One level defenders, midfielders, they often just get pigeonholed in that division. Right. And it's hard for them just to get above it. The striker will score ten goals, and then someone, I think, someone like Connor Salmon, mm-hmm. you know, who you know, even his early to mid twenties scored had a hot patch in one Scottish season, and all of a sudden just got him onto a different, different level. Level he couldn't well, you, really sustain, you, you, but you know, you look at someone like Owen Doyle who scored his way up to divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder just for a defensive player sometimes I think to, to really make that leap at his stage and maybe you know he's signed a three year deal with Dundalk so obviously he's reached a point where he's thought okay this isn't going to happen to mm-hmm. me you know something like Roman like someone like Ronan Finn possibly could have had opportunities could have gone the same way as a Sean Williams who, who, mm-hmm. who pressed on but it comes a point you're like okay I'm staying here and life, life, good, good but life happens here. around yeah. you you get Playing married you, you, yeah. you have family and stuff and you settle and, and is this preferable to you know having an eighteen month deal at Doncaster or, or somewhere? Or yeah, where you're living in Dublin. Yeah, I think there comes a point where you should aspire to the, to to our top clubs here, being able to stop players from going to sort of lower League One, League Two, and then above that, of course, it's always good. Yeah, why did McElhenney go? See, this is the yeah. uh, this is the other I know, question. He had, to, he had to go though. I mean, he's playing for he's getting on. Oldham at the moment. It's League yeah. One. Has to take a punt. Right. He can always come back. I, I wouldn't begrudge him at all. I, and, it, and he hasn't set the world alight yet. But, I know but that's the point I mean, Johnny. Fellas will always go. They'll say, mm-hmm. as you said, you've got to aspire and try and try and get to the, the highest level that you can play. Just, at. just yeah. well, you got someone like you know uh, Fudd Silly who's gone to Barnet, mm. not playing bottom of the Martin Allen back with him again. Martin Allen back, bottom of uh, bottom of League Two, going to get relegated by the looks of it. I mean, he wanted to get away, but. I think you know another year at home probably would have boosted his profile much. You know, I, 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 I don't. Place. I think League, so League, League Two is certainly questionable. Well, there's still know. some very good clubs in mm. League Two as well, though. You know, Coventry City getting like eight, nine thousand after yeah, games. Luton. Play, you know, mm. play, Bradford like that. Day in League? Bradford League One, no, League but one, I mean, League One, one is. I mean, League One now is a. It's a pretty good division mm. to be playing in. You know, just on Dundalk, Dan, um, still haven't conceded. Now Rogers got injured in the game. Yeah, but you mentioned Adarshan though. I mean, th- that was the interesting thing in the weekend because I was starting to wonder was he. Was he going to do it? You know, he'd come on in a couple of games and there was a lot of hype about him in the pre-season and then start of the season he came into a couple of matches and not to be cliched or sort of stereotypical, he didn't look physically up to it. But there was this element of um, is he going to be a bit of a luxury for them? And he dropped out of the squad. You'd think he had dead legs. He wasn't on the bench for one of the games. Then he was an unused sub for a couple of matches. He's on loan till July. He's new player to the league. And you're just wondering... Does he fancy it? Is he one of these ones? It's just gonna. It's just. It's just not gonna happen. You've taken a punt, and it's. It's not gonna work. But he put him in on Friday, so he's obviously showing him something. I know there was obviously a couple of injuries uh, with Murray and Shivdukas that, that opened the door for him. But he still put him in, and it sounds like he did very well. There was just one game he came on against Pats. I think it was the. It was the. Yeah, the nil all game. One of the nil all games that they had, and and Stephen brought him on to play as the number ten, and. You could sense he was getting frustrated with him because Adrian was just drifting back further across the halfway line and just just a bit safe and not really getting into the into the real battle. And you're just wondering, oh, you know, is he suited to this league? But it seems like I'm. Do you remember what Stephen O'Donnell said about his time in Italy? That they were the way they played in Serie B was just so defensive yeah. that they literally parked in front of like a midfield and a back four and maybe it's just old habits die hard he's trying to adjust yeah. looks a good player well he, he did look good now on Friday and, and that could be the, the turning point and Rogers. 
yeah, that's a, that is a blow because he's 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 playing very well. Mm. And I mean, Sav is Sav, a comp, competent backup, but he's he. How much football has he played yeah, in the last in the last two years? Be. You know, I mean, you know, it, there's all the hype about not conceding the goals now. I, I think Stephen will be happy enough to keep winning the matches, whether yeah. they win three one or three. T- it does. I, you know, they're playing very very well. Oh, seen, yeah. Do you know, yeah. and they've so many players come in. It's actually frightening. The squad is the mm. the squad is looking pretty. Uh, pretty Garland, strong. Well, it, 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 I mean, tonsillitis has been what's what's offered, mm. but um, you know, he's, he was involved in the sort of friendly matches, and I wonder what he, he have played, played against Warren Poitras. Yeah, that, yeah, and what he have played in the EA Sports Cup game, and I think we'll talk about the games for the weekend later on. But it's going to be, you know, Dundalk Rovers. It's going to be interesting to see where is what, t- what, well, 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 no, but what, yeah, well, no, but what team he goes for in that particular mm. game? Because mm. is this when you bring O'Donnell back in? As much as like these Dundalk Rovers games have become. I mean, there's been a real physicality and an edge to them. So, mm. is he going to keep Adarjan for? Is he, well, is he going to keep Adarjan for that game, or is he actually going to go for something a bit, a bit different? We shall see. And, uh, That's going to be fascinating. Game. Shamrock Rovers finally uh, beats Liger Rovers one nil. Brilliant ball by Kavanagh for Carr to get the goal. And Dan, a player you've been talking about a lot, Kavanagh as well. It was just, I think, it was one of the only moments of quality in what looked a really bad game. Well, uh, yeah, just going off to report to people that were that were at the game. It didn't. It sounded like they played pretty poorly, um, but. In, in a strange way, I think from the Shamrock Rovers' perspective, they probably need to learn how to sort of play badly and get some points because you know they they haven't they uh, they've been hot and cold and generally when they're cold they, they tend to lose. So Rovers have conceded know. seven goals. One of those games was when um, obviously they, they had the sending off when when they were well. I thought they were on top actually against Waterford. So if you take that out, that's five goals from eight games. Well, three against Bowes as well. So and three against Bowes, which was a calamity of a game. So a lot of their stuff has been good from Rovers this season. Changed the keeper again. I think Friday they went back to uh, Horgan. Um, but what, yeah, what you make of them? What what have you met of Rovers so far from what you've seen? I, I've Top end of the pitch, yeah, absolutely. They'll score goals, you know. Uh, watched them against Pats recently. I and with the game, I'll go back to Pats in a second. But with the game the other day and not playing probably too well, I think as a manager, I'd be happy enough to say didn't play too well, but we got the one nil. Drill that into the players. Learn how to win, scrappy or horrible or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, can they? Uh, can they change their style? I watched them against Pats, and Pats played really deep, as I said. They went long to try and go in behind them. They went through the middle with Finn and uh, what's uh, the... Bork. Bork, yeah. They, so him dropping off out to the touchline and coming in onto his left foot, and he scored a few goals that way. But they went through the middle, and he also went wide. So I was impressed at the way they approached the game. Now, whether that was planned or whether it was just experienced players on the pitch trying to get away around mm. I, I don't think they'll win the league no. they're three no. points behind with a game more played but they have played no. their full series of yeah. games mm. they, have, that's, they are a one round of games into it and what played nine won five drew one lost three progress you know it's well I mean the, in a way yeah the, the, there's no cork running away with it as of last year Ethan, the likes of bringing Ethan Boyle into the instead of Madden yeah different type of attacking player Boyle, a bit more of a defensive player. You know, they've lost that attacking down the right-hand side, whereas if it was Mila coming in off the wing and leaving the space from mm. when Madden was there last year. Now, in saying that, he got the goal against Pat, similar to that. But I still don't know whether he knows what's his best mm. at the back. Grace and Gilchrist, he was sent, lad sent off. Yeah, well, he was sent off from Waterford, yeah, yeah. yeah. so still look a little bit ropey at the back. They still haven't got a proper... Commanding centre half and there for me. Mm. Before we talk to Alan Reynolds, what have you been up to with regard to coaching DCU and Belvo? Have been high. Yeah, the that's that's we've been kept 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 busy. I've been working with DCU with the senior soccer team there up till uh, February into March, and then it closes down till September because it overlaps with the uh, air uh, the air Tracy league. And uh, so and then I'm down with Belvedere working with the coaches down at Belvedere schoolboys as well. So giving a hand out down there. Okay, what level? What what ages are you? I work. I go from like the the, the training be tonight. Now they come in from half five till nine o'clock tonight so we'll work from eight all the way through up to 16s because it's, it's an interesting time for Belvo at the moment a couple of their graduates are doing quite well I'm looking at Sean Brennan mm-hmm. with that under 17 team Troy Parrott as well who's, who's over at Spurs Sporty. scoring some goals um, they're He's still producing good players Troy is the latest of them yeah. you know and uh, so he still played with his 16s up till 
it's February. He he was back here playing with the under sixteens, and uh, so he's the latest one to be away at Spurs. Mm. But for me, I'm going back now. I need to go right back and look at the nines, the tens, yeah, because the way the structure of the the senior league is now with the thirteens, so. oh, it'll be all the way down to thirteens, Dan. So it'll be looking at the nines, tens, and producing. Trying to get the best players to get them ready. You're preparing yeah. players for under thirteen nearly at the moment. Well, you got that's the truth because yeah. you're going to lose them, Johnny. But from a from a business point of view, you know, also for for the club that if they produce the players from seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and you know they stay with the club then because they're going to go to Spurs or they're going to go to Liverpool or whatever. Yeah. Just on then that, has has there been much of a change now, like at the likes of Belvo, since this whole structural thing came in in the League of Ireland? Yeah, I would say uh, not only at Belvo, even with Kevin's who are supposedly the top, you know, mm. and they would be producing the top players at the moment, home farm. So, yeah, there has been a change because the, the likes of Belvo probably didn't have to work so hard in recent years. People would have come to, to Belvedere and Home Farm and, and mm. Kevin's. So it's a, a little bit more difficult now. So they're getting players, you know, they're not getting the best players now because the 15s now, lads are going away to Rovers and Bowes and Pats now. We're affiliated with Belvedere with Pats now Pats, as well. Yeah. So like I'd be in liaison with Gerald Bryan all the time. Gerald wants to try and get players ready for, for next season. 14 years, Is it a good years. relationship with Pats? Yeah, it's only initially up and running. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going okay. And it has to be there because... I'm always wondering about this. How does the nursery feel that its players are now moving to a League of Ireland team rather than maybe well, they, they, they just they, have to, they just they can't, have to, they just have to get on just can't do out and about it, Johnny, mm. because what will happen is the, you know, Belvedere will still run teams parallel to the, the, the senior you know, mm. league. And so... There'll be a thirteen premier in the schoolboy league when the the thirteens comes in next year yeah. in the national league. So you're going to lose them players anyway, Johnny. So from for us, what we need to do with Beverley is that we need to make sure that if if Dan McDonald goes to Pats or he goes to Rovers, that we can facilitate him if he doesn't make it. Doesn't there, quite happen. We can take him back, and there'll always be late developers coming through. You know, so and yeah, but yeah. initially for us, we, I'm looking at looking at the younger players and producing them. They get them ready to 12, 13, 14. And yeah, then after you, that, they're gone. But it's still a busy operation. I know, like, obviously, John Murr, who works in the independent yeah. sports desk, he was over in Portugal, Portugal last yeah. week with the team. I think they beat Benfica. That's right. They, they did got it, to a quarter final. Yeah, and there was another age group team. I think Under it was, 12 was in Spain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, there's a, so, I mean, these clubs are still busy places. I know from talking to John and, you know, mm. Paul Corrie's been there and did a bit Paul. of coaching with them. And, you know... This is part of their life. There's people who on the Wednesday evening or, or whatever days it might be, you know, there's there's always stuff going on. Well, you'll know? see it down there. We'll arrive there tonight and we train at the back of the, the Clontarf train station on the all weather pitches there and it's great. But there's just a hive of activity. It's brilliant. And you walk in and there's four under eight teams, four under nines, you know, tens, elevens, twelves. So they all train early on and then the later teams will come in later. But... Paul Curry is down working with the, yeah. with the, with the th- Keith Fatty is down doing some work. Keith is going off. Just, just uh, speak about Fats there as well. He oh yeah, he, what's, what's what Keith's doing a bit of stuff? Is he? He's he's going off to do his licenses now up the north in I think it's May. So he came into the DCU with me just initially to get in and get going, and he's come down to Belvedere. So he's been working with the fifteens down there. So he's now wants to go and work with a younger age group because he wants to see the different sides, you know, not just kind of say, well, I'll work with the youths. So he's come back, he'll actually be in tonight, work with the under-9s, under-10s tonight, and uh, he's really enjoying it. But it's different from playing, obviously, as we spoke earlier. Yeah. It's completely different. But that's great, though, because, I mean, I think, you know, I spoke to Keith when he finished playing, and he was drifting away from the game mm. a small bit, and I think it would be a shame to lose, you know, someone from the game when he has a lot to offer, because he's, he's seen a lot of different sides of the game he's been and experiences. There. Yeah. yeah, and you're right, Dan, he's been there. And especially for a club like Belvedere or a schoolboy club where, you know, players going away, he can explain what what it was like. Maybe it's a little bit different then, but, you know, he, he can explain he was there, he, he knows. It must be all right being a kid and, you know, Keith Fahey is training you. It's not that long ago that he was going for Ireland, like, you know. Well, but look, you know, and if it, we, we, we've trained down there a couple of weeks ago talking about uh, kids and asking them, and you're asking them at 10 and 12, do you want to play for Ireland? You know, I'm saying, do you just want to play for Ireland? Yeah, hands are up. Yeah, Johnny, so, there must be a coaching revolution going on, though, because there's just a need for so many coaches now at a high national level. Like, Yeah, well, there, you, there will be with no. the national level, but, you know, I think the coaches have to be coached properly. Are they coached properly? I was. Some of them are... St- I, I look at some coaches, and I've seen this, and it's all... 
lots of cones around, and the, but the content sometimes is not proper. They're, some coaches for me are kind of self-made coaches. Mm. And they're, all on, the, and they're uh, all on Twitter. And, 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 no, they're all on the... They're putting up, you know, blogs and whatever. And PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, and I, look, I, I, I worked with the FEI and I, I worked with them on, 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 on the coaching courses and I taught me a PowerPoint and I'll keep it brief as I can. There's a guy came in and they were doing a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation on a match. This guy put up absolutely brilliant, brilliant, fantastic. And I said to the lads, look, this is the, this is the group I was working with. I said, this is the level, like this is this is brilliant, I said. So then I said, So Dan, now Dan, you need to bring that from the classroom onto the pitch. Okay. Couldn't do it. Absolutely couldn't do it. So is it is it is he has he copied that off something else? Has he just is this what he this is the thing I really like doing? And you know, he's good at that. So you and I asked him, I said, What do you work at? He said, I'm an architect. I said, Well that makes sense because you were able to plan it and organise it. But yeah. he, he couldn't actually build it, he couldn't put it on the pitch. Mm. So, and I, I, I think that's why, and I'm talking about the, the Keith Fatties and fellas like that, they need to get down onto the, onto the basics, the fundamentals of coaching. The old youth cert that they, they used to do is, is the best for me, where it's a 5v5 games and stuff. And you learn everything there. They're all the basics. You always listen to fellas, go back to basics, go back to basics. And if you don't see it in the, in, in the 5v5 or the 7v7 games, you're not going to see it in an 11v11 game. And you have an anecdote as well about um, a rugby player, just we, what, what it takes to actually make Well, we it. were talking again, we are talking to the kids and we were training there last week. And uh, I seen two, a couple of lads up the back where we trained with rugby ball. So obviously went up and made a couple of quarries. There was a lad I knew that works up in Clontarf for the rugby team, Mario Kelly, and he was there with uh, James Hart, who's... I was going to say a quarterback with Munster. I think he's a scrum scrum half. half. And I watched them and they were there with the rugby ball and he's there and he's tapping it off the ground as if he's mimicking what he does throwing the ball Mm. off the scrum kind of. From the scrum. He was there for one hour solid. This was last Wednesday. They were playing. Who did they play the weekend in the... Too long. Too long. In the big game. He was up training on his own. On a Wednesday, what I think mastering that is mastering what he's going to replicate in the match, doing the same thing over and over for an hour in effect. One hour, I yeah. watched him and I said to Air Lads, I said, "This guy is a professional sportsman up here. He plays for Munster." I said, "And he's here on his own on a Wednesday, training on his own. This is what I'm looking at: ten and eleven years. This is what's required if you want to get. And he's at the top, you could say, but he wants to get higher." So I said, so that's the mentality, I said, and that's the sacrifice you have to make. And it was just great. He was, he was just happy around on the day. Uh, speaking of Munster, the only Munster we care about is uh, the Munster Derby at the moment, which is Waterford and Cork, and Alan Reynolds joins us now. How are you getting on, Alan? Not bad, not bad. Everything's uh, okay at the minute. I, I, I might argue, rightly or wrongly, that one of the most disappointing aspects of the season so far for you lads was when you were fairly comprehensively beaten uh, down in Cork. Other than that, you've lost one game and you've won everything else. Um, is that fair to say? Was that one game you thought you didn't perform? Um, and obviously you faced them again Friday night. Yeah, well, look, I'd say for, for a half an hour, we were well in it. We needed to score in that, in that period, I thought, because, you know, you don't get many chances down there. So the odd one, but they had a half an hour then in the middle third, you'd say that they turned the screw and, um, you know, comfortably, you know, they went 2 0 up and were comfortable from there on. We did have a go at the end, but they weren't really threatened, you know. So I'd say it's fair, fair comment. Johnny, this this has been a bit of a fine ball for this season. They got promoted, they've been brilliant to watch any time that I've seen them anyway. Got some great goals. And what has your impression been of them? Well, I just, you definitely have recruited well, Alan. There's, there's no doubt about that. But what I'm impressed about is that he's obviously done a fair bit of work in the pre season. To be at the level you are at now, to, to have that, you know, that that team spirit, you know, you, you listen to what Liam Buckley said earlier, they're still trying to find a way, their patterns. You seem to have nailed that from early on in the season, or you've obviously got to done in pre-season. So you obviously got the group together early, it's a new group, and you've you obviously worked hard with them over the, the pre-season. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, you, you know yourself, Johnny, you mightn't have the best team in the league, and no, I spoke to our group about this. You might not have the best players in the league, but there's nothing to stop you having team spirit in the league. You know, you can create that yourself, um, and, and that's something we've worked hard at. Um, I do think the senior players, like I have Paul Keegan, we brought in Dave Webster. Dave, for me, nearly run the dressing room, you know, and, and they're great lads and good characters. And then as I added, as I went on with some of the, 
say Stanley Abora um, and Courtney Dupas, they kind of settled into that because the spirit was already there and they weren't really going to leave anyone come in and upset it. So it is something we worked hard on. And uh, it, look, you know yourself, Johnny, you get results and team spirit is great. Uh, you lose a few then and you know, there's a few yeah, well, I, think, I think it was vital for you to get off to a good start, you know, when you come out with the blocks and stuff. It's maintaining that, as you said, but you know what you're saying about the team spirit, like, and you know, that's really, really important that the players drive it and that you, you would trust within that group. As you said, your senior players are driving that. And for the want of a better word, you, you're not going to tolerate any messers around the place. Because it's too hard and there's too much work involved and you don't have enough time, Al. Yeah, I, I definitely. Look, I would, again, I'd just go back to Paul Keegan. He's, he's been instrumental in all this. He's, he's as good as captain as you'd see and he's a leader uh, in all that, you know, areas for us. So he's been really important and I've had him for the tail end of last season. Um, so he knew what I was about and then, you know, I knew what he was about. So again, going back to Pat Fennan, he was the one who, spoke that, that Paul Keegan was a must to get in Johnny you know and I can't speak highly enough of him very good I mean Alan just uh, I know your job is to manage the team and, and, and maybe not worry too much about outside factors but the fact that the crowds are coming back to Waterford now I think there was 3,000 at the Shamrock Rovers game from a couple of years back a couple of hundred you know being at, at first division matches and it's almost like you know the club nearly could have lost a generation of supporters but they they seem to have come back I mean it must be a it must be a great buzz just going out there on Friday night in Waterford, seeing Waterford people coming out to watch their team again. There's, there must be something special about that. Yeah, it is. And especially, like, I'm a local lad, you know, and, um, you know, I've travelled around to other teams around the country and I was always, you know, would love to see it back here in Waterford. It brings pressure because, um, you know, you're in the spotlight a bit more. But, like, you're down in Turner's Cross and the place is hopping. And I've always wanted to see that in the RSC. Johnny, you remember Kilcone and used to be I'm a great that, I'm not that old, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but if I remember, do you remember it, Johnny? <laughs> but, uh, no, so it was a great atmosphere and great to play in, in Kilcone. So, as you said, there's a new generation getting behind it and it helps with results. Just um, on, on Cork on Friday, I've seen a bit of Cork this season. I have to say, I haven't been all that impressed with them. Th- thought um, poor in Dundalk actually I didn't really think they were all that fluid at times against Bray um, I, I think you have to half fancy yourselves here do you? <laughs> be careful Alan be careful <laughs> this is set up is it what I'm trying to say uh, is they're yeah. no good yeah they're terrible yeah yeah easy nice um, look when we played them down in Turner's Cross and I was down in Cork uh, City two years ago as well What they, they've it's taken them a, you know time to to get to where they are, and, and they're well ahead of us. Like, there's no point in saying any different. You know, will we give it a right go on Friday? Of course we will. But, they, you know, they have experienced players that have played in this division. The team has, you know, been together for a few years. John Caulfield is working his magic, if you look at him last year. I just found them when we played against them recently in Turner Cross that they were very powerful. and Physical-like. You know, yeah, yeah, like... Physically, they, they nearly ran over us at times, and then they have the likes of Sadler um, and Cummins who could, you know, can can create and score goals um, there. So um, I disagree with you on that one. Is that okay? That's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, geez, you're you're more than entitled to. Um, we've we've had this green about going night as well. But we'll get back to that. <laughs> but um, Akinade's been the player that I suppose a lot was expected of. I know it has been a bit of a kind of a stop start season for him, but um, he does have time to get going yet. Yeah, yeah, and look, he's he's back in the mix for the weekend and that. You know, we we missed him over a few weeks, but any team would miss him. Um, he's itching to get going. And look, we've Courtney Dufus has played and um, who's a real handful too. So if I can get them, you know, firing all cylinders, there'll be a handful. And as Johnny Mackett, no, like I, I'm playing two up top, you know, I have most of the season and that's unusual nowadays. That marks him out as something different in the League of Ireland now. Like. Well, but, but yeah. you can play the two up top, Al, but once one of them drops into midfield, and we spoke about fellas being pigeonholed as a 10 and a 6 mm. and an 8 earlier on, but you know, once once they know their roles, Al, and they're dropping back to help out when there's three in midfield, once everyone knows their roles, it, 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 it helps you out. Just a question for you, Al, as well. Going forward in relation to the, the season ahead, Squad-wise, would, would you like to improve? Would you, need, would you think you have enough? And I don't mean in relation to enough as in good players, but enough players, basically, just numbers-wise. And look, you know, 
I would like to add to it. We lost uh, Patrick McLean right on the deadline, yeah. Johnny. We didn't replace them. And that, like, I have a squad of 21 at the minute, and there's three goalkeepers in that. So, you know, you said that's 10 on the ground, Johnny. Yeah. I, I would like to. I would like to add to it. Um, and you know yourself, players might come to you in July looking to go, um, maybe not playing enough. So oh, would you it be is down something to some we players look. to tell them they're going. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But like on the other side of that, Johnny, there's, there's 13 games from July till the end of the season. Right. You know, that's all there is, 12 or 13. So like two-thirds of the season will be played before the, the window, you know, the window yeah. opens, which is a lot of games. Just, Alan, Alan, can I just ask you about the goalkeeper, actually, Vigoro? Because I, I saw you play against Dundalk, and, and I was taken by Vigoro, even Abora, sort of new names to the league. But, I mean, he's got an interesting sort of profile. I mean, he was at Liverpool. He was a first-team player at Swindon. I mean, he seems, you know, for this league, he seems to be an exceptionally good goalkeeper. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm not too sure what, what happened over in Swindon with the uh, manager was there, but he wasn't part of the plans, and, and he brought in a different keeper. And... Uh, you know, he comes over here, he's been absolutely outstanding, outstanding in everything. You know, you would say that he's probably too good to be in the league, you know, I don't want to jinx him now, I mean, drop a howler on Friday, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's, he has been really good, trained really well, and uh, I'm just delighted, while I have him, I'd make the most of it. I got the impression that that story of where he paid the fine in, in, in pennies at Swindon, I think, uh, I think it was at Swindon or Liverpool, whichever club it was, he seemed to, from the interview I read, he does seem to have grown up a bit, maybe, um, in his years of playing. Well, look, if I find him, he can pay me whatever he wants. <laughs> I don't mind. Before you go, this is my last question for you, right? Um, and, Johnny, you, you actually just come in, John. One. I just want to... Who, who would just like to get in the FAI Cup final? I call me, yeah, all day. Um, if, if you win right on Friday, you're two points ahead of Cork City. My last question is, are you realistic title contenders this season? No. No, we're not, no. You sound um, like Ranieri there. Yeah, no, no, no. We just want to stay up. That's all. Ah, don't be doing the Ollie Horgan nonsense. But actually, Alan, just with Pat Fenton actually leaving his role, does that impact things at all? Because I know he was a big part of recruitment. Um, has, has that increased then your responsibilities in that regard? Or, or how does that going to work come the summer as well? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's not gone too far. He's still working for Lee, so I'm in touch with him regularly. Pat Fenton was outstanding for me. I mean, you know, I'm talking to, talking to a manager who's won everything in the league every day. And if I can't improve and benefit from that, there's something wrong with me. Um, he was, you know, really important in bringing in a lot of the good players um, and really important in, in putting a lot of structures in place in this club. You know, he's still working for Lee Power, so, you know, I have him on the end of the phone. So, look, there is a bit more on me, um, but he is always there to help. You're not doing too bad. If it goes ba- well, if it goes well, it's me, and if it doesn't, it's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing too badly yourself. Is Frosty still with you down there? Is Frosty no, with you? no, no, I got rid of him, Johnny. Good you man. Know, I said I'd shift a few, you know. The dead wood, the dead wood. <laughs> Best of luck on Friday. You're you're going great guns, and hopefully we'll have you up in the studio at some stage, Alan. No problem at all. If you ever come outside of Dublin, you're more than welcome to come down it's to Waterford. It's like a GA type uh, deep no, there. I'm, go- I'm going to Waterford for the Friday, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Good man. To Top it. man, Alan. Okay, lads. See all the best. Cheers. Um, just something about that, Dan. Right? If they just happen to bring in players, right? They're not. They're really not. They're, they're two points ahead of Cork if they win on Friday, and uh, and if they've their best team on the pitch, they're very, very good. No, I think they're very good, and I think they'll finish top four. I do think that. But no I, chance to win the title. I don't think so. No, I mean they and uh, we're here to be proven wrong. Um, I guess. I mean, I'm. I mean, I watched them play in Dock, and I mean they were very unlucky, like huge unlucky with like a. Poxy sort of own goal at the last minute but when the dog turned the screw in the second half there was still that bit of quality Alan mentioned there when Cork played them there was a half an hour there's that bit of quality I don't think uh, I think in some in a strange way I think it would be it's a great story but it would say something about the strength of the, the teams at the top end of the league if a new team could come in and win it I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if we want that to happen you know um, yeah, I, I, I the budget's think, high though in the budget's high but yeah. this and dog team have been together with the same manager mm. for a period of time as of Cork and I just think they're that they're going to be that bit further ahead. I think over time they'll drop off. But I mean, we we can't really cast that as a disappointment if it happens. I think, but I I, I think the top four now will be the top four at the end of the season. And whatever you were, about the order, you're going to this game ahead of uh, Dundalk Rovers. There was uh, there was options. Yeah, that's well, interesting. Yeah, options. Well, I mean, there's there's two great games on Friday. Mm. Really, to be honest, so let's get um, a prediction on this then. 
prediction on this game. Um, I'm, I'm, I got four out of five last week. You got three out of five. five. I'm 11 10 ahead. Back ahead. Very narrow. The, the Hashtag steak dinner. Steak dinner race. Yeah. Um, I, I, they, were, they were good against Shamrock Rovers. The Rovers were down to 10, and there was an element of, you know, I wonder whether they've learned a lot from that game and the certain pressure, the big home crowd, and they got it done. Maybe, maybe without not playing fantastically well. Um, and. Cork have laboured a bit at times. I, I, I'm kind of going for a draw here, I think. I'm, I'm leaning towards the I'm draw. I'm going to go with the draw as well. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Johnny, Johnny Mack here. Let Johnny Mack can be the actual sort of expert. I, I, don't, I don't think Cork have actually been great a lot of this season. You're, you're, the, the, we are now reached a familiar part of the season where Johnny turns on Cork. It's taken us a while. You, you Getting get the job done, but they were very poor against Dundalk. So have you changed your mind on the league winners now? I'm very undecided at the moment. I don't think... I'm not, I'm not sure it's a two-horse race, actually, either. Johnny I think Cork Alan said it there and I'm sure he's going to get the best out of his players the weekend I think Cork might just have a little bit too much for them and proper champions grind out results in in, in difficult places it's going to be interesting in midfield because Waterford are so strong in midfield and as you mentioned he plays the two up front so sometimes plays the diamond or whatever you know Cork obviously have strengthened that area with Morrissey and you know McCormick that's going to be the key area of the game he didn't um, start Shepherd. Um, yeah. Didn't start Shepherd or Buckley in in um, Bray. And um, I was counting this. I think Cork have five or six right backs in there. They were strange. But when the dog played Waterford, Duffy was hugely influential in the game, and he really like. I mean, well, actually, Dan, we should mention him. He's started off where he left off. Well, last I think we'll, we'll, we'll mention him. We'll move on to the dog and Rovers because I think. Um, well, we've got a prediction from Johnny Mack and Waterford Cork. You're going for Cork. I, I think, think Cork will just maybe grind it out just yet, just well, a little, just a little ahead of Waterford. Dundalk against Rovers should be a cracker. Yeah, well, I think you know that second game of the season, Duffy gave Ethan Boyle a torrid time in Tala, and That's right. uh, I think Stephen Bradley spoke about it afterwards that Boyle maybe even in the second half of that game learned from it, um, and certainly you know the, he, he seems to have grown since then. But Duffy is flying at the moment. He is. He is up there with. He doesn't. Maybe it's because he's he's already been away and, and come back and he's been around the league that he's not getting the same sort of profile as someone who's on the way up and, and might be going away as such. Uh, but the couple of times I've seen him this season, he's been excellent. And I think in this Dundalk Rovers game, I think uh, Dundalk are going to try and figure out a way to maximise their strength and the one-on-one battles where they could actually prevail because. We know what that game is going to be like. Again, two teams who, you know, between Finn and McAllister um, and, well, O'Donnell, Shields, Benson, whatever way Stephen decides to play it, there's going to be a real congested battle there. But if Dundalk can get Duffy into it and get McGrath into it if he plays them, you know, they've got a real chance of winning this match. I don't know how you feel about, about Duffy or about feel about this game. I think I, I agree with everything you've said about him, but, he, you know, he's not only scored goals this season, he's supplied crosses. Well, that cross against you Waterford know, yeah, know, at the end, yeah. He's been very, very consistent. He's very direct. He's quick. He can go outside you. He can come inside you. So, look, with Boyle there, who'll play in front of Boyle will be vital. And, and Will they go for Kavanagh to give him a bit of protection in some way? I don't know, because he's, he's obviously someone who's defensively alert as well. Well, I think they, they need to have that. But when you're, when you're playing against the likes of Duffy and he's the main, main man, it's really important to stop the supply to him. Mm. Well, that's the problem Do with you know Dundalk. I mean? If you're playing Dundalk, you have Massey and Gannon who are really good going forward. Yeah, mm. all day. So it's not easy. And then if you've, say, for overs, have play a team that's quite congested in the middle, which is fine. But then you have to obviously defend against them. Um, I, well, you have to keep them occupied as well. One yeah. of the things that Dundalk struggled with, actually, Stephen Dooley always did well against Sean Gannon, and it's because Dooley just seemed to press on and keep Gannon. Back and, mm. it, and it was a real noticeable thing in the, the dark court games. Mm. The Gannon, who's such a key player, as you see last Friday. Really couldn't impact, and it was. I know it was people in the dock that were pretty happy when Dooley left Cork because he just did very well in those in those Cork and Dock games. And when Gannon got the ball, he was sixty or seventy yards yeah. from goal. Or when he was linking up, he was still in his own half. He wasn't linking up coming up into the last third of the pitch. But uh, this is my lock of the week here. Anyway, it's going to be Dundalk win. The way they're playing at the I moment. think there'll be goals. Rovers mm. are capable of scoring goals. Uh, Dundalk keeping clean sheets. That'll have to end at some stage. Could be this weekend. The keeper's going to be a vital mm. cog in this one. Both it, keepers now, actually, because Sava is obviously. And Rovers' keeping situation has been pretty robbly. Like, I think that, I think this is a 
and it's a big game for both clubs, right? But I think it's a bigger game for Rovers in a certain way. Like if they lose this game, you know, they'll have lost four out of ten. They'll have lost the way to all the teams that are their supposed sort of you know rivals this term. Um, and I think the dog will be fine either way. Uh, I think Rovers just can't lose this match. I, I the think, towards a draw. I'm edging towards a draw on this one as well. I'm going for two draws. He's in going the, against the lock the of the games. week, Owen. I'm going against yeah. it. Um, I think but, the dog will... Rovers, Johnny Mac. Are, are Rovers set up in a way that they can defend? I think they, their, their best asset is, is their front men as well. Mm. I really do. Um, the midfield w- will be vital in there. Um, I think Roman Finn... Doesn't know his role in there. I, I, I think he's the one player yeah. Rovers haven't gotten the best out of. Well, I, I watched Ronan when he played for Dundalk, and even at UCD, he used to get beyond the, the back oh, four. Yeah. He made fantastic runs. Against Zenit, do you remember he was making mm. those runs behind and, and, and driving? As a defender, you're thinking, well, do we track him or do we, do we pass him on? And by doing that, he's only doing it sometimes to create space maybe for somebody else. And I, I think it was one of the goals where he's made a run and then there's the second phase of play. And because he's made a run beyond, the ball just fell to him and he scored. You know, so mm. I don't think Rovers are getting the best album. I don't know whether they know his best position, whether he's dropped off to get it and set up the play. You know, is uh, They just have a lot of other advanced players in that midfield, like Burke and Meal, obviously. But I t- yeah, but I, I, I like Ronan up there. Mm, I agree with I, you. I like, he has that pass. Mm. He can put you in. He's a good strike. He's physical enough. He gets your goal in the air. But I, I definitely think his strengths are higher up the pitch. That's going to have to press you here, John. Need a, need a prediction. Dundalk. Dundalk. And which one is? Unfortunately, um, I'll be at Bowes and Limerick, which isn't that inspiring. Hey, listen, it's the working man's. But, the working uh, man's no, gig. I, I like going to Daily Mode. Really I used to, I used to love like, you like the I, fish and chips. Well, when, I was, when, I, when I was freelancing back, in, when I was freelancing back in the day, you, you might sometimes not go to the best. I got to see Johnny Max Pats a lot now. You know, I got to see a lot of Pats. Is that supposed to make me feel better? Or? Yeah, you get to, yeah. to see. Like, got I like your Pats. Got to see team, a full season yeah. of Keith Fatty when he was, yeah. wasn't wasn't a lot of people talking about him maybe at that point. Were you stuff, freelancing so. at? Yeah, that doesn't seem yeah. that long ago. Renault five oh six. Yeah, I think Bowes will get the job done here, but uh, I think I'm not. I'm not, I'm not expecting it to be a great game because Limerick are, are quite uh, tight. Home win. I'm going to go quick. Go Home quick. win. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, a big enough game for Bowes. I mean, if if they happen to lose this game, they're 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 obviously behind Limerick. Could be behind Sligo. Yeah, I Johnny think, think Bowes will be okay, but home win. They're just they're not scoring a lot of goals, Bowes. You know so. Limerick capable of getting goals, capable of conceding. I think mm. this could be a draw. draw. Score draw. Okay. Where are we going Well, next? here we go. I mean, you could give the lock of the week as Pats at home to Bray, um, but too that's too predictable. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I've said this before, I think Pats are a good side this season. I like the shape of them. I think they've good players. They just need to... I, you're spot on what you're saying. Just Fagan is too isolated when he's playing. Um, I just think they need someone, like, as we said earlier... The link like as well, like the Patterson that they can hit, mm. holds up, brings people into play. Not fantastically quick to get in behind, but they've quick enough players in Keegan and Clark. They're the lads can get in behind, and the support from midfield then is vitally important. The problem Bray, for Bray, uh, for Bray though is uh, to quote Robbie Williams, go United centre back though they are a Jackie Brambles this season. They're an absolute Jackie Brambles. It's obviously slang for shambles, a shambles, um, which was line. relayed to me by somebody in the Galway camp. But I, I, li- I like that. We could do with Robbie Williams back playing. Um, Bray could do with a point badly, Dan. They've gone, what, eight just, games without getting anything? Yeah. Seven, just, eight games? I just can't, I can't make the case for a Bray result. I Jake mean, Kelly played very well against Cork yeah, in the, relative terms. You can't make the case, Some I suppose. Positives. You can always say if McCabe and you know, Green and everyone clicks, they probably do have the players, but you're sort of working off a hunch rather than a firm sort of prediction. You, you can see Pat's controlling the game. Um, They're and, desperate and having, at the back as well. If it, was, so if, if, it was in, if it was out in Bray, I'd say Bray of some sort of a mm. bit of a... Yeah. If they got the first goal... We're all home win. I think we're all, um, all home this, win. But this, for me, Pats will, will win and it'll jump them up into that middle part of the table, table. Dan, that we spoke about yeah, earlier. Pats, Pats, Pats should be pushing for Europe. Pats could win Europe. handy here on Friday. Yeah, I, I think, it, and I'd like to see Fagan because I, I, I just obviously a massive fan of him as we all are. Sligo Rovers Derry. What a game this is, Dan, actually. We've had this game already though, haven't we? Sligo Rovers v Derry at the showgrounds because obviously with the fixture has been reversed yeah. and all. Then Sligo won yeah. was and Morgan scored a goal from around three yards or something. That's that right. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like Sligo have been playing okay in recent weeks without getting the results. I sort of mentioned that earlier on. Um, and Derry's points, with the exception of winning away to Bowes, have all come at the Brandywell. Um, they've still conceded quite a few goals. Still a young enough side. 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm feeling the Sligo win here without any real without any real conviction. I'm still I still need to be sold on this Derry team completely. Totally. As as, as being a completely trustworthy. We'll back it up from well, one you get game that, to the well, next. Well, you get that with young players, don't you? Yeah. That it's, it, there's a little bit of inconsistency with young players, and they're still obviously learning, but they're good young players. And I, I just think there's a little bit of momentum going for them at the moment, Dan. Mm. The travelling always comes into mind with Derry that they have to travel here, but they're not too far to Sligo. Ger Little's uh, record at Sligo, according to the boy own here, is 32 games, 8 wins. Mm. 14 draws, 10 losses. They got a lot of good draws last year, though, didn't yeah. they? Just to stay they, they, up. They, I think yeah. they'll be okay. I'm just I'm just not really sure where they're going. Um, but I, I find this game very, very tough. To uh, that's the hard, I think it's the, it's um, the, I'm going to go away win, tentatively. Cause I, I, I think Derry seemed to be really on top of it at the end of against Pats. They were really celebrating, like, you know, they were in a good place, I thought. Did you, Might come on for that. Are you when, when the when the, was a... Cole it, cleared it off the cleared line. Off, well, yeah. it was just, yeah, close mm. off the line, Johnny Roy. But that little bit of... They were jubilant. They were together. Yeah. Mm. They, as, as if they had just scored, and it wasn't a relief. You know, it wasn't just. It was kind of yeah, mm. well done. Let's. And I just think there's a little bit of momentum going. In Big there. dairy crowd in the showgrounds and all that as well. Yeah, you'd it's imagine. not far an hour yeah. away. And away win for me, but again, yeah. Johnny. I I I I watched them last week. I was happy with them, Derry, and I just think a little bit of momentum should get them over the line in Sligo. Win. Uh, you went for. I went for a home win. Home win. So I thought someone had to go for the draw, but I'll stick with the home win. Okay. I'll stick with the home win. First division, Drogheda against UCD, top versus uh, second. Uh, Shelburne, who are third, play Athlone, who are off the mark, thankfully, uh, for yeah. Athlone Town fans. They got a draw last week. Finn Harps against Galway United is a big game. Galway United are kind of limping along. Harps haven't gotten going at all yet. Uh, Wexford against Cove, two teams who already look in. in in a little bit of trouble to get fourth, and Longford against Cabin Teeley. Longford are going very, very well, uh, albeit eight points from five, but they're playing well. UCD, uh, are, you know, do they want to? It would be the classic. Come up, it would be a classic story. Yeah. We're talking about all the yeah. sort of the big teams in the first division. This is the just the year that UCD are going to do it, and they don't want to. Probably don't want <laughs> to. They're going to do it. Good they're, side. They're going to do it. I mean, they've got an excellent manager, and mm. they've got some really good players. Yeah, yeah, I've seen every... lots of them this year because we would have. They would have been around the, the of course the, the DC. The Collingwood Cup mm. and stuff so I would have seen it. and they use that 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 cup for their pre-season also they're well organised they're all been together for the last there's some good players there well you forget I mean they've got well you don't forget how good is Gary O'Neill I was just going to say it's, it's well known I think that UCD have players there who, who are basically there by choice and could be playing for Premier Division clubs if they were like Gary O'Neill thinks in the final year of his yeah. uh, studies Georgie Kelly is the same um, you know Kelly had options with Dundalk and Derry over the, over the big, winter big strong lad up front. so like and now these lads are up and think you know their academic time is coming to an end yeah. That's what you know, yeah. someone like him. Just talking yeah. about that, but he's a good player. George. Yeah, so I think like they are the. Um you know, they, they they could well end up being right there till the end because they have Premier Division quality players there. That, you know, that, that other the teams four. there might not necessarily have. You know, just in, in terms of where they might be in a couple of years' time. Yeah, draw uh, they're going well, scored lots of goals. They, they are. They, 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 they wobbled against Cabin yeah. You know, they're they're a little bit flattered because two of their uh, wins were against uh, Wexford and Athlone, where they scored a lot of goals. I, I saw them against Galway United, and um, they're okay. They're they're okay. They, they and, and I, was, I was talking to the chairman. The, the lights are fixed up there. The well. lights are fixed. With Terryland, a problem with lights, and it was great to see uh, Kevin Doherty and um, Clancy on the sideline. They just really seem to be reveling in their role. Uh, two young managers together, uh, but it's actually great for division. It's it's really going to be exciting. good. Yeah, and that was uh, episode eight of the second season. Uh, Johnny, you have to drop me into town. Is that all right? Not about it, Johnny. Yeah. I look after you. I'll tell you what, just, just to you make it easy. How did you do with Fairy House? You never told us. Yeah, I did well, yeah, yeah. Uh, did a lot of my betting from bed. I was very hungover. I, I um, won't. I'd say nothing. I'd yeah. say nothing. Sing alone. But uh, no, I'm, I'm just going to actually update um, everyone next week as to whether Johnny charged me enough for the cab. So hopefully he won't, because um, I have to rush into town. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> a bit of business to be done. But um, Dan, it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's, well. it's good to be back, son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see you guys next week. And uh, if you're at a game on Friday night, enjoy uh, some cracking action ahead. Schlong. There are limits to your life.